Well, hello, music teacher friends, and welcome to episode number 93 of the Beyond Measure podcast. I am your host, Christina Whitlock, here to hold space for you as your anytime piano teacher friend. I am excited to chat with you today and see if together we might be able to make your studio life a little bit better today. In last week's episode, I unveiled my primary focus for my studio business this year, which is parental communications. I want to make sure that I am communicating as often as possible, but also with as much depth as possible. I want parents to understand what a lesson with their child is really like, (laughs) for better and for, well, less than better. I had made the comment last week that I'm not really here to talk about systems and strategies and whatnot, because there are many other podcasters, like Amy Chaplin over at Piano Pantry Podcast, who are way better at those things than I am. However, one fun fact about me is that one of my greatest passions in life is crafting really clear, well-written communication. I have given so much thought over the years as to what makes written communications effective and well-received, and I wanted to share some of these principles with you today. And Since we spend a lot of our working hours writing responses to studio families via text or via email, I just think it's incredibly important to consider how we can improve. A little side note here that this was originally premium content that I made available to subscribers of my Patreon community last winter, But since I've changed my offerings in that community, I felt like I shouldn't hold back on sharing this with the rest of you today. So anyway, without further delay, let's talk about my key principles of written communication, shall we? First and foremost, friends, in any written communication with students or studio families, I begin by acknowledging their feelings. Always begin with their perspective in mind. So if you get a text about so-and-so being sick and needing to miss their lesson tonight, my first response is always something like, oh, I am so sorry. It is so hard when your children are sick. Because, by the way, it is. Sick kids are like the hardest part of being a parent. It throws everything off kilter. Sick kids are so hard. If someone emails you to say they're going to be away on a last-minute vacation, begin your response with something like, Oh, how exciting! Thanks for remembering to reach out to me. I'm sure you have a million things to take care of before you go. If someone writes and tells you that their invoice for the month is wrong, 
whether it is or not. (laughs) Try beginning with, I know it's confusing to expect one thing and see another. Friends, I cannot begin to tell you how much this very thing can help diffuse tense situations. Not to mention how it just helps build endearing relationships altogether. It might take a little conscious effort on your part, but it is so worth it. Now, I know, it sounds all well and good in principle, but let's say you get a text at like 8.30 p.m. on Monday evening from a parent who says, bad news, so-and-so made the volleyball team and is not going to be able to have a Tuesday lesson anymore. (laughs) We have all been there, done that a million times, right? (laughs) Now, for many of us, scheduling changes are a huge emotional trigger for us, and our initial instinct is to fly right off the handle, yes? (laughs) I know for me that nothing throws a knot in my stomach faster than the panic of scheduling changes in my studio. (laughs) Even though I know they're going to happen, and hear me, friends, we need to know they are going to happen, (laughs) they're still just not fun, right? But let's just go back to this Monday night volleyball text for a moment, shall we? (laughs) I would begin my response with something like, first of all, hooray for (laughs) so-and-so. She must be so excited. I am proud of her. Now, was it my first instinct to celebrate the student when I found out a wrench was being thrown into my perfectly crafted schedule? (laughs) No, no, it was not. (laughs) But does it cost me anything to take a moment to show excitement for the situation? (laughs) Also, no, no, it does not. This scenario brings me to my second guiding principle of written communication. And friends, I'm just going to be as blunt with you as possible. Are you ready? Your studio families do not want to hear how busy you are. In fact, I'll be as bold as to say most people in your life don't want to hear how busy you are. (laughs) Yikes, I know, that one stings a little, doesn't it? (laughs) I have mentioned before how I've always been a careful observer of human behavior I was probably still in high school when I realized what has become kind of a fundamental truth of American society to me. (laughs) And that's the fact that everyone thinks they are the busiest person they know. (laughs) It's certainly true in music circles. You and I both know it. Be honest. (laughs) When someone comes to you and tells you how busy they are, Are you tempted to roll your eyes and tell them, you have no idea? (laughs) In fact, the world is full of people who will offer like their rebuttals to to your comments and shoot back anything they can to like one up you. You know, person A says, oh, I'm so busy this week. To which person B replies, ha, you have no idea. I have X and Y and Z, and I have zero time to even breathe. (laughs) It's funny because it's true, and you know people like this. 
don't come for me, (laughs) but you might even be a person like this. There are lots of us in studio teacher world because we do legitimately carry very packed schedules. But I made myself a promise a long time ago that I wasn't going to be the person who expected people to care how busy I was. And that is actually my second principle of written communication, to avoid expressing my own negative feelings, especially to avoid every inclination to spout back at studio families how busy I am. It's my opinion that actions speak louder than words anyway, and there are plenty of ways to make sure our studio families know the the amount of time we invest in our studios beyond just telling them how busy we are. It's almost never received well. So let's go back to that volleyball scheduling conflict for a second. You tell the mom how excited you are for her daughter. You can even acknowledge the fact that she now has a whole new taxi service to coordinate. And you then proceed to skip every inclination you have to tell her things like how packed your schedule is. In the end, let's face it, you're going to do one of two things. You're either going to grit your teeth and find a new spot for the kid, or you're going to tell her that you really only have one spot for her, and if it doesn't work anymore, then you are no longer the best fit as her piano teacher. We don't really have many options aside from those two scenarios. Now, you can communicate whatever you need to communicate, without throwing in how many students you have or how difficult your schedule is. Any other negative emotions you might feel like expressing just aren't helpful to the situation. I'll tell you what, if you really need to express how frustrated you are by studio scheduling or difficult parents or poor attendance or whatever it is, if you have to express those feelings in writing, (laughs) send them to me. Email me at beyondmeasurepodcast at gmail.com and just Get all those feelings out in writing, (laughs) but don't send them to your studio families, all right? When it comes down to it, our studio families are paying us for a service. They do not need to carry around our negative perspectives. Okay, moving on to principle number three. Offer your solutions without apologizing. (laughs) Whatever you are proposing in the situation, do not apologize for your stance. Again, you can express how sorry you are that they are in this position. I mean, that's part of the first principle, right? Acknowledging their feelings. (laughs) But don't apologize for holding to your own policies or maintaining healthy boundaries or whatever the case may be. Let's just keep rolling with this volleyball text scenario, right? (laughs) We've told the mom that we are excited and we know this creates a lot more work on her part. We express whatever resolution we have without any negative emotions of our own. 
(laughs) And in this situation, if it's often something like, well, I'll go back to the drawing board and see what I can work out for you. Or, hey, can you give me a time on Tuesdays that she would be able to have a lesson? I might add in there, it's going to take me a few days to get back to you on this. Now, notice, I'm not apologizing that there's going to be a delay. I'm simply telling it like it is. (laughs) This whole no apology thing is especially important when someone is trying to ask for an exception to a clear studio policy. It's probably not a huge deal, but I just want you to know that If you have communicated your policies clearly and your families have agreed to them, you do not have to apologize for maintaining healthy boundaries. If I'm ever pushed on them, my go-to phrase is usually something like, maintaining boundaries like these are how I maintain my happy disposition. (laughs) That usually warrants a smile from my studio families. Moving on to principle number four, I try to stay very aware of how the tone of my writing is going to be read. You have to kind of assume that everything you write is going to be received as kind of flat. Exclamation points can help with this, but you also should not overuse them. (laughs) Ask me how I know. Including a key phrase in all capital letters can be effective at times, but don't put your families in a position where they think you are yelling at them. Again, if you continually write with the feelings of the recipient in mind, you are much more likely to craft a warm, endearing communication rather than a pointed or misinterpreted one. The last principle of written communication that I will leave you with today is this. Always, 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 always end your studio communications on a positive note. Just include a quick comment about how much you're enjoying working with so-and-so, or how much improvement he has already shown this year. Or something like, hey, be sure so-and-so plays his latest solo for you because it sounds great. Thanking parents for their continued support of your studio or complimenting them for making music study part of their lives or whatever the case might be. Ending on a positive note just takes the tiniest bit more time, but it can really help to keep your relationships built on a foundation of mutual respect and appreciation. Those are two things, of course, that I care really a lot about, if you haven't picked up on that so far. All right, friends, so there you have it. Five guiding principles of written communications for you to ponder this week. Acknowledge your recipient's feelings first. Avoid including any of your own negative emotions, especially the temptation to report how busy you are. (laughs) Don't apologize for maintaining healthy boundaries. Carefully consider the tone of your writing and end on a positive note every time. While those ideas are rolling around your brains, 
I am going to propose a toast to all of us. Music teacher friends from all over the world, today we unite in the fact that communication can be hard and it can be exhausting and discouraging and frustrating and all kinds of other things. <laughs> Most of us never had any kind of formal training in how to communicate effectively with others. But I hope this idea of establishing a few guiding principles in your communication will help you eliminate those situations that might escalate just because of less than optimal writing. Even if your principles are different than mine, hey, that's okay. I just hope this episode has encouraged you to take some time to consider what parameters you might want to establish to make sure your messaging is received just like it is intended. <sighs> this is just one of those many, many things we never thought we would have to worry about when we started teaching music, right? <laughs> Cheers to us and all the obstacles we overcome, friends. <laughs> here, here. That's episode number 93, friends. In case you're interested, I do have a printable that I designed last year for the Patreon community outlining these five principles. It also includes some good sample phrases to keep on hand, and I think you might find it useful. I will put a link to that in the show notes for this episode. If that link gives you any trouble, feel free to message me on Facebook or Instagram. I'm over there at Beyond Measure Podcast, or of course, you can always email me at beyondmeasurepodcast at gmail.com. Hey, if nothing else, there's even a link in the show notes where you can leave me a voicemail. So if you're trying to avoid written communication altogether, aha, <laughs> click that link and let me hear your voice. I would love to connect in whatever way you want. <laughs> Thanks so much, studio teacher friends. Onward and upward to another week of changing lives through music instruction. <laughs> I'll be back next week.